Welcome to this special episode of Shopify Masters. I'm Benjamin Gottlieb. Do you love your dog? Like, obsessed with your dog? Then you and Brian Reesberg have a lot in common. He's turned his love for his dog, his Corgi Maxine, into a profitable dog accessory business. It's a lot more than that, and Brian's here now to tell all of us how he was able to achieve this. Brian, what's going on? Hey, man, thanks for having me. Of course. So uh, you might have noticed, if you're listening, that there's something in the background. We're here in Huntington Beach, California. It's sunny. It's warm. Sorry for folks in other parts of the country or the world where it's chilly right now. And there are a lot of corgis around. Brian, why are there so many corgis running around the beach? Well, we are at the 10th anniversary of the SoCal Corgi Beach Day. And just to give you a little picture of what's going on here, uh, we have about, uh, over the course of the day, it's going to see about 10 to 15,000 people, uh, over 3,000 dogs. There's tents, there's vendors, there's meet and greets, there's food trucks. Uh, it, it's out of control. It's out of control, yet your dog, Maxine, is hanging out here in the sand like a professional. Uh, and Maxine is the inspiration for your business, Little Chonk. Can you walk us through a little bit about how this came to be, this dog carrying bag or backpack that you guys designed? Yeah, of course. So uh, my wife and I were living on the Upper West Side. We had just gotten married. It was 2015. And we just got Maxine. We had always wanted a Corgi. And I didn't, I didn't want to pay for daycare. Uh, I wanted to just bring her with me everywhere. And I was lucky enough to work in an office downtown that allowed me to bring my dog. But, you know, you couldn't bring your dog on the subway without being in a carrier. Um, and at the time, I put her on Instagram. This was about 2015, 2016, before influencers were a thing. It was just a fun thing to do. She was a cute dog. Um, I was working as a director at the time. Um, and basically, to make a long story short, over the next six years, I tried every carrier known to man. Um, and as Instagram grew and as her profile grew, she, she amassed over six million followers on social media. It's growing every day. Um, she's known all over the world. And I never liked any of the carriers that we used. They were all very poorly made. Um, they broke down very easily and they just weren't thoughtfully designed for uh, the health and safety of my dog or to be honest, me. You know, I'm carrying this dog two times a day. And so my partner and I um, basically came up with the idea for Little Chunk because we wanted to give back to this community. We wanted to create something better, something that, that, that we were proud of, that we could recommend to people and that could comfortably and safely carry their pet wherever they wanted to go, be it on trains, hiking, whatever. So um, we spent two years designing uh, the Maxine One and building this brand and teasing it on social media. And we launched December 15th, 2021, which was Maxine's sixth birthday, sold out in four minutes. Um, and, you know, nine months later, we're eclipsing seven figures in revenue and we can't keep the product in stock. And it's been named the best dog backpack by Wired, good housekeeping, uh, the Dodo. And it's it's truly been a, a wild um, reception. Well, at the same time, uh, here we are at Huntington Beach and Maxine is acting just like a normal corgi. She's digging in the sand, her nose is covered, a little frosted with a little bit of powdered sugar sand right there, living her best life. I think, Brian, you would agree, your story is somewhat of a reverse engineering, right? You had your following first, and then you have your product that kind of came organically almost, out of need, out of necessity, right? Your dog and you needed something that was better. F for folks who are listening who maybe have an idea like yours, um, any sort of advice you have for for designing it? I mean, I know, I know it's somewhat difficult, but you and your you and your partner, um, this came out of necessity. The bags just weren't working, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the way that this all came to be, I was very fortunate. I had another job 
uh, this was like a side thing for truly six years, uh, from 2015 to 2021. Uh, you know, I was working in film and, you know, as a creative director in advertising, this was like a side hustle. Um, it wasn't my day job. So the stakes were low, which meant that I could create how I wanted to. Uh, I could build the account how I wanted to, which is um, a remarkably powerful place to be. You were able to take other risks that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. I, I could do what I wanted. I didn't have to worry about pushing, you know, and this was also, I started this before, like, the influencer influencers took over. So this truly was born out of like just a, a natural love to create fun pictures and videos and build a community. And, you know, it, there was nothing about what we did that I ever imagined would result in us being here, like at Corgi Beach Day with the most famous online Corgi, you know, that, that was never a thought. So I, I think when it comes to people who, 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 who want to learn how to do it, I, I think the, the most honest thing is you have to you have to build something from a place of love and you know you got to really love what you're doing because honestly it's a 24 hour a day job like i i do this every minute of every day i don't stop at 6 p.m i go into the dms and talk with people you know i've it, it, these people like they're all like our family because it's just what i've been doing so when the time came to to build something again it wasn't it wasn't for money it wasn't for any kind of capitalistic need to do something like i had a job the, the desire to do this is born out of the need for it. The pet industry is so far behind in, in what they're creating. It's 10 minutes to Corgi Yoga. Uh, we're, we're judging the fluffiest butt competition, so that's why I had to listen. Fluffiest butt competition for a Corgi Yoga. We'll get there in a second. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's really, I would die for this dog. I would die for this community. And uh, I will stop at nothing to create the best products because they don't exist. If this, if this shit had existed years ago, I would not be here. Because I'm not going to tread over, I'm not, you know, there was always this saying out in um, y, uh, Paul Graham, founder of Y Combinator, he always said, make something people want, um, which, is a, which is a really simple but very difficult thing to achieve. What, some, what people want, but also what people need. I mean, you're talking about community. I'm standing here looking at hundreds of corgis. There's some other dogs who are also mixed in here, but mostly corgis. There's quite a community, and your booth right now has a line uh, people lining up to take photos with Maxine, people lining up to buy your products. Uh, so it's certainly a community you've, you've cultivated. I want to talk a little bit more about this, this need and this lack of, of products in the pet industry. If you're a creator or a founder and you're looking for things that maybe don't exist in your world, right? What, what sort of tips do you have for finding that product? So when I, uh, a lot of what we do is, you know, I'm not going to, I know it seems like I've uprooted my life, but really I haven't. I never, I never, you know, I don't dress her up. I don't, I don't do all, I don't do crazy shit that's far from who I am as a person uh, because it's, it, it takes a lot of work to be disingenuous in my opinion. Uh, if you're just who you are and you, you have a, a general curiosity and you're constantly curious about things. Like, that's just the way we live. Trying uh, new edit. Do you want to go somewhere else? Because of the barking? Okay. Are you good? Yeah, let's let's okay. just cruise a little bit. Okay. Um, come on, Max. Um, like, we've always been... I've always been extremely creatively curious to constantly one-up everything that we're doing, whether it's making videos, making pictures, photoshopping movie posters. Uh, and I think when that extends to different facets of life you can just kind of explore well, what's a what's a different way to travel with my dog that can fit into my lifestyle or or what's something new that I can explore and try it maybe you like it maybe you don't and I think the more experiences that that you have the more you can cut the fat out of your life to say I like this I don't like this and you can start to carve out a niche 
But if you're just trying to target building a product or, or you know, like, oh, I want to find my niche, you're, I, I think there's going to be a level of, you're going to be myopic about what you're looking for. So, so let's let's move to the influencer conversation. You, you've spoken about um, just the way that the time that you came up as an influencer um, with Maxine is kind of being a unicorn, so to speak. But how were you able to build such an audience? I would imagine you started off and you had made, it was just your your parents and your parents' friends and your friends and that was it. Well, I went to film school. I'm a good storyteller, and I'm only saying this. I don't ever like say that I'm. I'm not a. I'm being honest about the kind of tools that I think creators need to be able to do something like this. And so what are those? Uh, you just, there's all this shit about like, what's what's the best thing? AI writing or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Maybe use this tool to short, people are into these shortcuts and it just, get your reps in, you know, like. The waves just came up and Maxine got a little bit wet, but we're still talking, huh, Brian? You, you, you can't be afraid of failure. You can't be afraid of a joke not landing. You can't be afraid of a, a post not working out. You have to keep writing, keep telling your story, keep telling people things. And I've been lucky that I've had, um, I've been lucky that I've had people in my life who can read my work and evaluate it and edit it and can be honest and say like, that's not good, write this. Uh, and, and that's also in advertising. Like it, you learn to cut the fat off what you're writing to get to the heart of what you're saying. Uh, so I've been doing that. Let's see, I, I got into film school in 2006 and you're constantly being beaten down, especially in New York City. You have, you have so many talented people and people telling you like, this isn't good, that's not good. Like, it's just getting your reps in, and, and learning to hone your craft as a storyteller. And I think people honestly try and skip that step to try and maybe sell a product or sell their niche. But like, you have to have a story to tell. You have to know how to tell it. It has to be interesting. And, you know, there is also an element of following the trends in the algorithm. I, I say that with a grain of salt because, like, it's unfortunate that, that a lot of people are creating that way for the algorithm as opposed to where their heart is. But it, it's becoming a necessity because otherwise you're in a sea of sameness and it's everything's so saturated. You, you mentioned you mentioned this this bit about uh, following the algorithm. What do you mean exactly? For, for... I, I used to be a, a, a staunch believer in not following trends or like, you know, when Google back in the day came out with like in the first three seconds, you needed this and in five seconds, you I didn't, I didn't believe in any of it, but now there's a, a literal science behind the things that you need to do to help maybe your content perform a little bit better. And, and it's becoming increasingly important. Like I talk to a lot of big creators all the time about why certain things don't perform and what they think physically is in the content. That's, that's, I mean, we just uh, we did a collab post the other day with another big influencer and it, it was just garbage performance. And we had a combined, we did a collaboration, combined following of like probably 2 million followers, really wasn't moving. And he said, I think it's because I shot uh, like a, a news clip on the TV. And we've heard from other accounts that like Meta is suppressing. That doesn't do well. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's, I, I just, I hate that. But it's, 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 I think it's real. So you do have to have some kind of, um, what's let's call it understanding about how these things, how these things work and the trends. Right. It, it, it's getting, I think it's just getting more difficult to, to create with a sense of freedom. Well, let's transition if we can. And I know we're walking back to the event here. We got Corgi yoga coming up. Um, but the bag itself, um, I'm seeing that there's a line for your shop for these bags. People are buying them. They want them. They are very unique. Um, when you were designing this bag, 
Um, how did you know when it was ready to be released? How did you know, okay, this is something I can put out there, put my name behind, put Maxine's name behind, because she also has, it's weird to even say this, but this dog has a reputation, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, how did you figure that out? Uh, you mean, you know, they say they've got all these metrics, you know, putting you in your 10,000 hours and, you know, all this stuff. Uh, I, I think if you calculate it, I think I calculated over the course of, since I've been doing this, it must've been like 80,000 hours or something. And I live and breathe this dog. I go to sleep thinking about content. I go to sleep thinking about like a funny video or a script or something, you know, because it's just, it's fun for me. Uh, so when we designed the bag, I knew exactly what needed to go into it. I knew it was missing, not only because I was missing those elements for years, but I, I, I've been talking to thousands of other pet parents over the years, and they had the same issues I did. So when we, uh, we found like a very talented product designer, I said it needs, uh, we need more supportive fabric to support the, the backs of these dogs uh, to make sure that there's no lateral movement. Um, there needs to be a neck collar. Uh, there needs to be a tail port for dogs with tails. There have to be handles because it's not, it's not, immediately, it's not immediately intuitive. You know, there is a modicum of training. Uh, and you know, pet parents, they want safety and you want to give people the ability, the like dogs with different bodies, people with different bodies, you want to make it as versatile as possible. So, um, we did all this testing. We tested with people in the wild. Uh, we did product testing with certain bodies overseas. So we tested the shit out of this thing to make sure that it was safe and it was comfortable. And we got feedback and we asked people's opinions, like tons of opinions. Um, I, it was just a resounding, like, this is incredible. People need this. And you know, when we launched, I, I, I always thought there's no better feeling than telling a good joke, like getting a good laugh. I thought that was the ultimate feeling. We got a message from a woman out west whose dog was dying. She had bought in her backpack, and she went on a hike with her dog. They went uh, to Red Rocks. They brought a photographer. They took family photos, and she sent me this message saying that she had never been able to bring her dog uh, and to have these kinds of experiences and then several days later the dog died and to be able to give people those kinds of experiences where not only they get to have those but they're writing paragraphs like walls of text to us thanking us not not they don't mention the product just being able to 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 make a memory like that is like that, that's better than a good joke it's powerful, and clearly you've uh, created something that people want and are using. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for this. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm here with Scott Dunn, uh, co-founder of Little Chonk. I think it's the right way to put it, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Scott, tell me a little. This is this is probably an ideal situation for you guys, right? I mean, you have a loyal fan base who are lining up to take pictures right now. We're looking at this line of corgis and frankly other dogs. <laughs> what you guys have achieved, what we're looking at right now, is what many small business owners who are on Shopify, yeah. they dream of. Yeah. Is there something particular about Shopify that you feel like has helped you guys achieve this? Absolutely, I mean like the tools that are accessible, relatively inexpensive, uh, incredibly user-friendly and utilitarian like it allows us to take a concept and a great product and bring it to market seamlessly right and deliver it to our customers at scale i mean that's the ultimate dream right so i think it's not by accident why we've seen such a a surge in, in small to medium-sized businesses that live online it's because of the shopify's that enable them with the resources to do so again in a very affordable capacity and where speed is like the biggest asset you could have you're able to again take it from zero to 100 in an unprecedented quick period of time so 
we're indebted to Shopify, but also we're only in year one. Like I'm pumped to see where this looks, where this goes and what this looks like in year 10. Is there one tool in particular that you think like, oh man, this tool is just, it's killing it for us? I mean, personally, like data is everything to us. Like we try to mix art and science the best we can. Brian's the art guy, right? Like he is art, he is brand, he is product, he is content. I like to sort of get deeper into the weeds and understand the customer and conversion and AOV, right? And how we can learn from that to better optimize for more sales and more efficiency. So I personally love like the dashboard. I love following along in real time. Brian thinks I'm crazy because I actually get alerts every time there's a sale, which for us fortunately is pretty frequently. I mean that's a ching. Yeah, it's it's the greatest dopamine hit you can possibly receive and so he's not as crazy as i am but i mean i get that every couple minutes so i love that so um let's talk a little bit about the marketing strategy sure. i know i know if, and if you got to go we'll walk back but the marketing strategy i think is let's be honest many would envy it yeah right you've got a built-in audience yeah. and they love your videos and your content and yeah. now you're marketing a product to a very niche audience right yeah. to small dogs corgis in particular but small dogs what would you say to folks who are like man i would if only I had that account, I could sell too, Yeah, but they don't. Yeah, so you hear a lot about the creator economy, right? And it's one of those big buzzwords right now. What does that mean? Like, essentially what it means is when you have community and you have organic distribution channels at your disposal and you have zero-party data, right? You have all this information directly from your fans and your consumers who tell you directly what they want. So it's sort of like the reverse direct-to-consumer model. I don't want to bore everybody, but basically when like D2C started to explode in the early 2010s, like you didn't, you needed to prove out the concept. You put a lot of money in R&D, right? Get the you know product MVP, bring it to market, and then spend a lot of money on customer acquisition just to see if people want it. We're the complete reverse. We knew exactly what people wanted. We knew we could reach them en masse. All we needed to do is give them the product and let the business take off. So You reverse engineered this in it, a way. It's, it's completely reversed on its head. There's some really smart people, smarter than I am, who are predicting that, honestly, in the next 15 years, the vast majority of e-com businesses have to be creator-led to honestly sustain itself because customer acquisition, mind share, it's the name of the game. It's becoming increasingly crowded. How do you break through the noise? People care about people. And so Brian being who he is, a peer in the industry, all these people we're looking at right now, they love Brian and Brian loves them because they represent the same community. And Brian is really serving them and representing this community to do something that no one has really quite done before. So honestly, it's so invaluable to have that backing by a robust community and having the distribution channels across social to reach consumers and convert them into customers for cheap or honestly for free. That's really interesting. So in other words, because your your audience, let's call it, or your, your community, they trust you guys, they trust Maxine, they trust Scott, they trust Brian, they they trust your bag. They do, because you know, he has the domain expertise. He's been using bags and carriers for five, six years, and he's put that on the internet, so it's been public. People have experienced sort of uh, his nuisances that he's been dealing with, taking his dog from his home to the office every day in New York City, right? So he's sort of like earned the right to play in this space. This isn't like a cash grab. This isn't, oh man, I could just launch a brand and sell you know, a shit ton of products, if you will. It's not that at all. Like He just wanted to solve a real problem and he was sick of other people waiting for it. And after all this accumulation of data and information that he's experienced throughout the many years, he just felt that he was best positioned to do it himself, and so he did. Authenticity, it's a concept that if you say it in this in this uh, arena, it sounds yeah. kind of trite, yep. right? Like, oh, be authentic. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I want to be authentic. But is there something to that? I mean, outside of the, the platitudes or outside of the cliche, is there something to making something that's truly to serve you and your life and marketing it that way? Yes, it's... 
The word authenticity is so overused. Everybody wants to do it. And sure, like who doesn't want to be authentic, but the execution is so insanely difficult. And if you want to just think about brand for a second, respectfully, like when I see a lot of brands, let's just you know focus on the pet space, for instance, there's like sterility, there's like, you know, uh, a level that doesn't necessarily represent, I think, the brand that these people are ultimately trying to to create. It's almost like they outsource it. For us, the brand little chunk, like it lives within Brian, right? And so he's essentially using this forum and using all these methodologies and, and accessible tools on social to bring this brand that has lived inside of him and put it into this real world in a very tangible way. So when I think of authenticity, when I think of little chunk, when I think the brand that has been designed as an iteration of this idea he has had and the content that we put out there and the UGC and the community building, this is all very real. Uh, we're just having fun and doing what honestly satisfies us and you know it brings us joy and hopefully people receive it well but we're not trying to like split an atom or try to do something that doesn't represent our values we just take it outside of who we are and and, and bring it in the real world scott one last question sure. I, I i'm looking at these dogs in line waiting for brian uh and and waiting for for maxine the, the corgi and they're in your bags and they're so relaxed i mean it seems almost surreal i mean what is it about the bag is it just is it just literally so constraining they can't do any i mean what is it about the bag that keeps the dog relaxed because let me tell you something not every corgi is, is relaxed it's funny that we did this sort of tailored for the corgi community because they are pretty difficult dogs right and so we have seen time and time again somebody like what we're looking at right now on a beach overly stimulated with thousands of dogs around tons of people it's probably the worst environment to test this out for the first time and yet when they do finally get you know situated and strapped in and on the top of their owner's back they like almost pass out like they're so content they're so comfortable there's a lot of factors and we use you know research and we use a lot of experts to guide us but there's two main things like thunder jackets dogs feel comfortable when they're in tight you know restrained uh you know compartments like or, a big hug exactly like a big hug and on top of that they like being close to their owners right they, they get very protective so parlaying those two things together it translates to just a really comfortable safe dog well brian's in action here so we'll see what he's doing yeah let's do it <laughs> It's a little meta, but we're seeing him posing with people, with his fans. He's coming out to them. How, how long can Maxine hang out in that bag? We, uh, 45 minutes or so, and then we take breaks, especially for meet and greets and like photo activations like this. Uh, 45 is our limit, and then we take about 30 to 45 minutes to let her rest, walk, get Brian some water, and we do it again for a few more times. And Brian's muscles are all from carrying Maxine on his back, right? He, he doesn't go to the gym. Don't inflate the ego too much, all right? Are you guys in line? Uh, yeah, to, to buy a little chunk backpack and take photos of Brian. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Is yeah. that the line back here? Yeah. He seemed disappointed by that. It, it, is a long, it is a long line to take a photo with a dog. Know, this is crazy. This is insane. And that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Shopify Masters. Again, I'm your host, Benjamin Gottlieb, and I'll catch you next time.